You remember your stories with the kind of detail no one else has. Don't take them with you when you go. This is Christy Bridges from One Moment Wiser, and this year's podcast series is about sharing your story. This month, Erin Garcia invited me to speak for her group, Shift 88. Well, because of COVID, I ended up doing the presentation live on Facebook. Ironically, some uninvited trolls illustrated my points perfectly. So you'll hear a few pauses as I deleted the comments which were too gross to keep. We had a great time though, and I think you're going to enjoy it as well. What stories have people said that made an impact on you? You know, I was the kind of girl who cried when guys didn't try for second base, for real. <laughs> when I was 18, my man was too tired. I went to the next room and cried till 3 a.m. I thought sex was power. I thought being sexy meant being wanted, and I was desperate to be wanted, terrified of the alternative. At 18, I'd already seen my dad go through five wives and a girlfriend. My mom had been emotionally abused by boyfriends and husbands. And here I was, I couldn't keep the attention of a 19-year-old boy. What did that say about my future? Taking dad's advice, I was trying to be tough and play the field and fell in love. Well, we made it till he turned 25. I spent the whole seven years trying to be the center of his world. So have you ever heard of the curse that brought us menstrual cramps and painful childbirth? When Eve ate fruit from the forbidden tree, God said, with painful labor, you'll give birth to children. Well, we know that bit, but we miss part two. He said, your desire will be for your husband and he'll rule over you. Well, Jesus came to set us free from that curse. But that curse and my childhood experiences started me out off balance. I was smart. I had dreams. But who I was didn't drive me like the craving I had for my husband's attention. When I realized sex wasn't going to hold it, I competed with everyone in his life. I, it was always somebody that was funnier or more interesting, smarter. I can easily recognize now my damaged self-perception must have made it exhausting to be with me. Obsessed with being the center of his world, I clung to him and tried to control him. And he pulled further and further away. I set aside my dreams of writing and singing. I went to school to teach high school English. I thought, ah, here's a job I can do wherever his dreams take us. I believed in him more than I believed in myself. Have you ever made a life-altering decision for a relationship? I mean, if you're going to be together for 50 years or more, that can be necessary and good. But choosing a degree I didn't really want so I could be portable and he could fulfill his dreams wasn't my best decision. I was a stress monster. The second Wednesday of second semester, I didn't make it to school. I left the house three times, but I couldn't stop crying. I liked the education classes. I hated being a lit major. I couldn't fit all the reading and memorization into my weeks. So I thought I was doing this for us, but we were growing deeper in debt and further apart. 
We leased a house with another couple and where I had failed to be my husband's all in all, I found my new roommates. They needed me oh, to be needed. If people need me, I must be important. I must be significant. Maybe they won't abandon me. Okay, so those words didn't actually come to my mind, but those feelings totally drove my heart. When my husband lost his temper with my friends, I felt like he was rejecting me. I fought back. When my friends needed me, I dropped homework and housework to take care of them. Have you ever felt insecure? Write a little comment about how you acted when you felt insecure. How did you find security or what did you do to try to get security? Let's write a little note there that is clean. So one day I was doing laundry and I found an atlas under my husband's folded jeans. His escape across the country was highlighted inside and there was an excited letter from the girl who'd be receiving him there. On April 15, 1997, he drove off in our new Chevy. He left me the 1965 MG. Oh, that was a sexy car. <laughs> this car. I drove it the first time and felt kind of like I was driving a high school down the high uh, tricycle down the highway. But I looked good with the top down, my hair blowing. Did I mention that being sexy does not make you powerful? I would hit the gas and by 40 miles an hour, it would whine at me. <laughs> But I love that car. You have to love something if you're going to push it that much. I pushed it to get it started. I pushed it to get it off the road when it stalled. During the many overnight stays on the side of the road, I discovered I wasn't the only member of the MG fan club. Those sexy red bumpers attracted an elite type of individual. She had this rag top that unsnapped from the outside. Zap, 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 zap. In less than five minutes, you'd be driving a convertible. Still, some lovesick fool smashed a window instead, costing me $50 to steal a radio that hadn't worked since the 70s. She had this curved trunk with a little handle you could turn. Voila, the trunk is open. Still, some rocket scientist used a crowbar bending the trunk and costing me $300 in repairs to steal a hammer and a gas can. I finally closed the fan club and sold the car when I woke up one morning to find that some genius with a set of pliers had hotwired her, melted the wires. She was a British car, so the battery was wired backwards. In vengeance on my poor little backwards car, the would-be thief sliced out the vinyl rear window. I miss that car. We had good memories together. So your stories include a little tragedy, but you've also got some that are kind of funny looking back. So in the comments, write a note about a story that you have that you could tell in a lighthearted way with maybe a little bit of humor. In the comments, write something about something you could tell in a lighthearted way. 
Ooh, Kelly, that is a smart one. When you feel insecure, you try to find things that you do feel secure about in my life, in your life. That, you know, I did that when I was a kid in school. I could excel in school, even though I was always in trouble at home. Liz, ah, Liz, yep, look for control. That's got me in trouble in relationships, but I can totally relate. Good stuff. So I hear some typing. I bet you guys have some stories that might be a little amusing. So I got a little song out of that car. Who knows? Maybe one day I'll be able to sell that song for what I paid in car repairs. <laughs> it goes, a little red FNG. She like a piece of me. I can push her on my own. That's how we always make it home. We make it home. We make it home. After my husband left, my roommates moved out. I moved in with a man who was a total player. I figured if I couldn't trust anyone, I'd just enjoy this one until he was gone. I gave us three years tops. I told myself I didn't care, but deep in the murky waters of denial, I secretly thought I could keep this guy from abandoning me by being sexy enough, interesting enough, necessary enough. Oh, honey, you will never be amazing enough to be someone's God. And if you make someone your God, you'll create misery for both of you. Just reiterate that you can never you don't want to be someone's God and if if you make someone your God you're both miserable it took me years to realize that's kind of what I've been trying to do as though being important enough to someone meant they wouldn't abandon me well come on God gets abandoned all the time and he's done way more for us than we have ever done for our mates as I sought his companionship, the more I understood he's felt everything I felt, but he doesn't compromise who he is or his purpose chasing our affection. He just is himself. And eventually some people go, whoa, God, you're amazing. God is our only source of healthy love, the only one who can restore our proper balance after it's been skewed by life and the curse. The great I am is the only one who knows who I am and who you were created to be. A year or two before my first husband left, he was on vacation and I was at home and I thought, well, what if he doesn't come back? What would I do? Well, I wouldn't teach high school English. I'd write and I'd sing. So fast forward. The worst had happened. He left. My second marriage was in trouble. I began scheduling days off to write. I went to open mic nights around town and began writing music with people I met. Tulsa has amazing musicians. You're here today because you intentionally carved out time for yourself to enjoy companionship, a little creativity, a little inspiration. Reach back into your memory and think of the time when you began recognizing what you were made to do and nurturing yourself. How did you start? 
did you feel guilty? Did you hate returning to work on Mondays because you didn't want to stop? Write a couple of sentences about how you started and what that was like. I'm going to look here. Shelly had shared. <laughs> You're exactly right, Shelly. Some of this stuff actually goes right along with um, the lies that we're confronting today. And Liz. Oh, look at you. What a. <laughs> the gentleman at the date, the gate thought you stole in the van. <laughs> okay, that's kind of funny. Good story. I knew that you should be here. <laughs> I'll give you a second to think about the stories that you have. And days I have lived, the summer grass my toes can feel, everything I know has released, momentary, temporary, you say I must give all my best out on this playing field. And help another's wounds to heal, then I can sense your permanence. One moment wiser will be right back. So today. I've been sharing with you a little bit of my story. Miraculously, my second husband, Richard, and I have made it 22 years. That is an awesome story for another time. You can read some little bits of it in my books. You might have similar stories or yours might be completely different, but regardless, you have a unique voice. People respond to your voice that wouldn't get me at all. I'd like to encourage you to be brave. Take your stories to God. You know, when we're growing, we don't always see things clearly. So look back on the detail and ask for his perspective. And then ask him to give you opportunities to share. You know, something about your story is going to resound inside someone else's heart. Remember, grandma's tears fell on grandpa's hand when he touched her fried egg. But the retelling of that story shifted my heart 50 years later. When Jesus began his ministry, he read Isaiah 61.1 in the temple. I believe those verses are the call God has placed on every person he's made, including you. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. I'm just going to do it again. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He's anointed you to bring good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. He sent you to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness, release from lies, from, from distortions for the prisoners. 
when we share what God's done in our lives and we share the resources he's given us, that's good news. We lead the way to freedom. So use the life God's given you to release others from darkness into light, forgiveness, and clarity. If you don't know God or you don't understand why we believe Jesus died and rose again to give you a relationship with your creator, let me tell you, you were created with love and purpose and unique qualities. God thinks differently than we do, but his ways are right. So I would love to pray for you. And I know Aaron would also, and any of the people from Shift 88 or any of the my friends who are on here today. Um, if you start to realize that these are just ideas for stories that you really want to develop, you want to share them in a way that will make a difference in people's lives, then I encourage you, do that. But if you need help with that, I have a course on writing devotional books that'll take you from start to finish. You could also just get some friends of yours together and we could do a workshop and I could help you get started. If you need a little coaching, I'm here too. And, you know, if you need any kind of um, healing from some of the junk that's happened in your life or the things that are holding you down, Aaron does Splunkna. And um, Shift 88 is a great place to be. So God bless you guys. And I'm going to give this back to Erin. Erin, thank I'm you. I'm here. Hi. I can't tell who what face is on. <laughs> <laughs> You're up. <laughs> All right. Good. Oh, that was amazing. And, and, you know, Christy, what a beautiful gift and how talented you are. But you're you're true greatness, I think, is how you've encapsulated this to then help others. And we can have the greatest talents in the world and and not have that character and that wisdom that God has put in you. And so it's remarkable to watch this. Now, if we were all together, we'd be praying for Christy. So um, I don't know how to make a group thing out of this, if that's possible. <laughs> um, but if not, um, I'll just pray over you right now. And y'all imagine yourself laying hands on her, praying for her in sending her forward. And then anyone in this group, and I know many of you have a book in you. Um, a devotional is a great way to start. Um, I finished a book um, of my life, The Real Skinny on My Anorexia, um, after doing some compilations. But um, it could have easily been a Devo, too. <laughs> so how wonderful um, to have Christy here to help us and coach those stories. Um, and so anything she does is remarkable. Father, we thank you right now for this time. We thank you for this mini version of a Shift 88 meeting like we, d we do live. And Lord, you're still with us. Your spirit is upon us and in us and with us as we gather here in a cyber way. <laughs> Lord, I thank you for providing these ways to meet. Lord, we thank you for Christy's life. We thank you for anointing her further and catalyzing her into the next phases of what you have for her. The next book, the next um, group of books, the, the next writing, the next song. And we just thank you for the way she shines. And we know that you've developed her uh, into just the person you wanted her to be for a time like this. And we honor this time and we thank you for all those listening that you would touch their lives 
give them courage in this time of being stuck and and allow this to not be a stuck place at all, but a place of incubating their next dream and their visions. And I thank you in Jesus' name. And all, all God's people said, Amen. Amen. <laughs> All right. Um, If you go to Shift88 on Facebook and like that page, um, then I will send you a downloadable that gives you a way to kind of further develop these stories and and some of the verses that we talked about today. If you want to hear devotionals on a a daily basis or semi-daily basis, go to at One Moment Wiser and like that page too. God bless you. Bye-bye. Bye, everyone. Thank you, Christy. If you've enjoyed this podcast, check out OneMomentWiser.com for books, blogs, and two-minute devotional videos, which will help you live wisely in every aspect of life. See you next time on One Moment Wiser.